This is On Deck, conversations about entrepreneurship with Les Deck. Thanks for joining us at On Deck. Our guest today is Diana Williams, owner of Strategic Wellness Center in Hickory, North Carolina. Well, Diana has a whole alphabet soup of letters following her name. I'll shorten it and tell you that she is a board-certified nurse practitioner. I met Diana several months ago when Patty and I became clients at her clinic. You should know that I've used wellness clinics for nearly 20 years and for several years served as the executive coach of the owner of one of the most prestigious clinics in Florida. So I know an excellent operation when I see it. Diana's clinic is beautiful, comfortable for clients, and highly professional. And that's what piqued my interest in uh, uh, having the discussion with Diana that revealed that she is the entrepreneur who started that and runs it, both as the primary provider and the owner of the business. So Diana, uh, welcome. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to kind of help tell my story and um, connect with other entrepreneurs out there. Excellent. Well, just go ahead and tell us what Strategic Wellness Center is all about. Yeah, so we are getting ready to celebrate five years in practice. As you said, I'm a family nurse practitioner, board certified, and we focus on functional medicine. So in this part of the country, a lot of patients, a lot of people don't know exactly what functional medicine is. So 80% of what I do is educating my clients on a different kind of route of looking at the body holistically. Um, we focus more on a wellness-based model versus the traditional allopathic illness-based model, uh, where you know the the kind of the sailing is there's a ill for a pill for every ill. Well, we want to treat the patients very holistically. We really want to get to the root cause of what's causing their chronic illnesses to begin with. And we feel like if you can treat the root cause, most of the symptoms are going to go away. So we focus on diet, lifestyle, stress reduction, hormonal balancing, those sorts of things. But we treat anything from autoimmunity to chronic gut issues to um, chronic skin issues, anything with an um, a long or chronicity to it, um, we can treat it using lifestyle and natural medicine. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I looked at your resume on um, social media, uh, and it's pretty clear that you had an excellent career going as a nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. um, what, what I'm curious about, Diana, is what caused you to, and I know you're a mom too, so mm -hmm. uh, you're plenty busy. So mm -hmm. I'm curious about what caused you to incur the risk and the uncertainty of becoming an entrepreneur and opening your own business. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I ask myself still to this day a lot, <laughs> that very question. I was very satisfied in traditional medicine um, in terms of the work-home life balance. You know, I got to come in, clock in at eight, leave at five, leave the job there. I didn't have to take call, was able to, you know, enjoy the weekends with my families um, and without the, all the added stress of being a business owner never really wanted to be a business owner, never really wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, but I felt like it, it found me, it fell in my lap. Um, it was actually my own personal health journey that led me to the route of finding what functional medicine was. I, <clears throat> along with a lot of people in my community, had no idea what that term meant, what it was. I was very traditionally trained. I believed in traditional medicine. I believed in medications and they worked for most people, but they didn't work for me. I got sick 
with the the pregnancy of my second child, I was very sick. I was having a whole bunch of symptoms that were seemingly out of the blue, um, but they were all connected. They all started about the same time from gut issues to anxiety, to panic attacks, to brain fog, to weight changes, skin issues. I was riddled with a, a chronic skin condition that was debilitating. I could not leave my house. I couldn't see patients without covering myself. I had gloves on just so I could go into the patient's room. Um, my skin was just horrific. And it was, it was an autoimmune condition that was misdiagnosed and went to you know several different uh, doctors, specialists, and basically was told there's nothing we can do other than prescribe you a biologic and suppress your immune system. Um, but unfortunately, the side effects of those medications are birth defects and cancers. And I just knew that that wasn't going to be an option for me. So my science brain said, you know, if you can identify what's causing the autoimmunity, you could fix the symptoms and then you're going to get better. Right. So that's what I did. I researched, I tried natural therapies. I tried hormonal balancing, did a lot. It's been a lot of time, money, energy, and trying to fix myself. I got 20% better, but never really to the extent of, you know, living a normal life. So I, you know, picked up the phone, called a functional medicine practitioner that was about 30 minutes drive away from here and changed my life. Just the conversation we had, like it was just completely different models, but an hour talking about my lifestyle, my stress and my diet. And, you know, within about two weeks of treating my symptoms naturally and fixing that root cause, my symptoms had 90% improved in such a short amount of time. And I said, hey, you know, if this is going to work for me, it can work for other patients. So I started looking for other jobs within um, functional medicine community. Couldn't find anything. There's just nothing around my area. I was going to have to drive an hour to work every day. And I just knew it was an option. So therefore, I had I was left with the um, the one option of starting my own practice. And that's what I did. I tried to do kind of a hybrid thing where I worked part-time in traditional medicine, part-time in my own practice. Within about two months of establishing my practice, I was able to quit my part-time job and go full-time in my practice. It, it launched that quickly, completely overwhelmed with the um, the feedback that I was getting um, and already had a waiting list after about two, two months into practice. It was pretty phenomenal. So it found me, you know, entrepreneurship actually found me. Well, and uh, out of a situation where you're experiencing all those symptoms yourself, it would not have been a good few years to have a suppressed autoimmune system, would it? Absolutely. Absolutely. No. Especially being yeah. pregnant. It was not not an option for me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, um, that's very interesting. And I know today um, your uh, clinic has expanded and it's, I mentioned that it's beautiful. It's uh, kind of an uh, architectural great place to be in downtown Hickory when I walk in there. And so you, obviously you've grown since mm -hmm. you started it and you only started in 2018. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. wow. That's correct. Okay. So aside from your experience at simply getting well after you started using functional medicine, what were the early challenges that you might've had amidst the success? Nothing comes just one-sided to us. Right. So tell me what you experienced experienced R run us through a, you know a typical week early in the, in the business and uh, what were you going through yeah so there were tons of challenges you know i was not taught how to run a business how to be an entrepreneur how to be a business owner 
um, in nurse practitioner school. I knew my entire life I was going into healthcare medicine, so I never took a business class in my life. Uh, my husband is luckily in business, has been in business for almost two decades now. I'm very successful in that. So he had some basic knowledge on how to start a business, developing an LLC. He does some commercial real estate so he could at least help me out finding a building and that sort of thing. So he was a big help for me getting established, you know, going through all the the, the legal hoops and, and getting the business set up. There were times, you know, there was so much of a learning curve for me. I mean, I'm I feel pretty, pretty good with the clinic, clinical side of what I do. I love talking to patients. I love talking to clients. I love helping people feel better. But you, it takes more than that to be an entrepreneur. You have to learn how to manage money. You have to learn how to start a budget. You have to have career goals and, and goals. And, and, and being able to, to balance that work, family life balance was very much of a, a challenge for me, having two small children and, and now three um, throughout that process. So when I first started, Back in 2018, it was just me. I was basically not just the clinician, but I would draw labs on my patients. I would answer the phones. I was the receptionist. I was the billing accounts receivable. I did all the bookkeeping. And then I was the janitor as well. I did I did it all. So I worked my way up and I can appreciate even when I, you know, my growing team is now eight plus people and we're still looking to fill a couple more positions in that short amount of time. So I can appreciate the struggles that each and every employee of mine can bring up, right? Because I've been in their position. I've done that job, at least to, on a smaller scale. So a daily, a, a weekly for me was going in, answering emails, client phone calls, um, trying to compartmentalize and organize my day was a huge struggle for me. And in, in time management, that's not something that comes naturally to me. I eventually did have to, you know, start recruiting help from other people, right? I, I hired a life coach. I eventually hired a bookkeeper to start delegating these tasks that I was not that great with. As I grew and had better finances, I did have to involve other people, but I started out me doing everything. And within a year of the practice, um, I had already grown my team to a, a three part-time, excuse me, three full-time and one part-time person. Can can you continue to grow from there? Impressive. So it's been pretty impressive growth over the last uh, four years. Usually this doesn't happen without some really intentional work, even if there is a large market around. Mm-hmm. So um, what did you do to develop your business? Is it all word of mouth or did you actually have to do some networking? Mm-hmm. Did you have to, have to do some promotion? A little bit of both. I would say definitely the majority of the clients that we're getting even to this day are word of mouth. I did partner up with the local compounding pharmacy, which complements what we do very much in our hormonal replacement aspect of our business. And they had a network of about a thousand patients of theirs that were a little bit more holistic, natural minded, that they actually sent an email to say, hey, Diana's here, she's established, and she's ready to take on new clients. That was pretty big for me to be able to have that network of patients already ready. You know, they were very organic patients. They already patients who understood kind of what I did and, and the need for what we did in the community. I'll be honest, I really thought that I would be sitting and twiddling my thumbs for a good four or five months before I took the first phone call. But before I even opened my doors, just from word of mouth, I already had five people on the books which is great. I do live in a very small community, right? There's not a lot of people in my community, but I don't have a lot of competition either. 
So I I, th- I do have that benefit of not having a lot of competition right now, but the world is moving more toward natural medicine, more toward functional medicine. So eventually I will have that, you know, next door neighbor that practices similar to me. Um, and I welcome that. I love a little um, friendly competition. I think it's great. I think it's great for the marketplace. I think it's great for the clients to have um, a couple options um, to, to go to essentially. Yeah, I would say why Hickory, North Carolina? But I recently chose this town for uh, some of my own reasons. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it has a character all of its own. It does uh, forty one thousand people, but people are coming. Right. Uh, it's uh, it's both uh, an old furniture manufacturing town and a new high tech town. Right. Um, and uh, clearly, is a good place to be. It's halfway between Asheville and Charlotte. And we have to work here because otherwise, we'd have to drive an hour to get any place. Sure. This is true. Yeah. It's a great little town. My husband was born and raised here. So his entire family's here and we have the support of his family. I don't imagine us ever living anywhere else. I think you'll need to. Exactly. <laughs> so um, you've had this success. It looks like you, you are alone in the market at this point and expecting some competition to come in. I, I agree with you. It will because uh, it's a growing city and attracting uh, professionals. What what is next in your growth and development? So we are recently um, developing our five year plans. Well, we I should say we've developed them start from the very beginning, but we've had so much astronomical growth, about thirty percent growth in revenue year after year since we started the business, which is pretty phenomenal for a small business. Um, so we anticipate continuing on that track at least to some degree. I've hired another practitioner recently, so she's able to to see um, and do very similar to what I can do. So we hope to see that grow the business. So we've had to switch and change our five year plans. I'll be honest with you: when I first started the practice, I never thought I would break a hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Never thought that that would be an an an, an idea for me, right? But within the first year, I'd already blown through that very rapidly. So having that amount of growth and revenue year after year with a very small budget and being very wise with that money, we were able to put most of that money back into the company and grow it. So now our original five-year plans were to be where we were at in about two years. So now our five-year plans are to be where we were supposed to be in 10 years, um, which is phenomenal. But there's also, again, a lot of challenges that come with rapid growth as well. My biggest concern is, will the business ever outgrow me? And do I need to make sure that, you know, do I need to bring in somebody like a controller or somebody else that can help me um, with that heavy, heavy growth of the company? Because as you mentioned, I'm a mom too. I have three young children, eight and younger, eight, six and two years old who who need their mom. Um, and they need me to have that balance. And it's a constant struggle trying to find that balance between working and growing the business and making sure I'm available to the people who need me most at home. So our 10-year goals, we would love to see a couple more offices, brick and mortar set up in these surrounding communities. We have patients right now that are driving about 45 minutes on average to see me. Some of them are coming next door and that's great, but I feel like eventually we're going to have to move more toward the Foothills, Lenore area, about 45 minutes east or west of us to help capture those patients that are driving so far to see us essentially. And they they need support. They need someone out there who can help them holistically where there's there's just not a lot of support out there right now. So continued growth, that's that's the goal. Financial independence is the goal. We operate a debt-free business right now. 
have since almost two months into the practice. I borrowed um, $5,000 from my husband to set up a website and buy a laptop when we first started. I wasn't even paying rent when we first started the business. So we've operated almost debt-free since day one. We will always, Lord willing, operate in a debt-free business. Um, That's our goal and um, being wise with our money. But we do anticipate more growth. Absolutely. Good. Did you pay your husband back? Uh, no, <laughs> I still have not <laughs> paid him back yet. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like Patty is an artist. My wife is an artist. And I I bought a quote unquote bought a painting from her a few years ago to use as uh, a logo in a uh, symposium that I was running. And she said, what are you paying me for this? And I said, $76,000. And it's still on my receipt on my payables at $76,000. It's amazing. That's fun. We borrow from each other. Yeah, we actually um, we're we're trying to find more ways to kind of double dip and like make more money off of, of the money we have, right? My my husband's very much a in, um, investor in, in that aspect. He has a full time job that's in business, but like I mentioned, we own a lot of real estate, so we actually own the building that we are located in, and we have a fantastic location right in the heart of downtown Hickory um, with great um, visual. Um, visibility to the community. Essentially, they can see us, um, our sign from any direction in downtown, which is phenomenal. We bought this building. It's a 17,000 square foot building. We paid $325,000 for four years ago, five years ago. So no, about four years ago, excuse me, and renovated it. And we've grown, I've had three different locations since we are, have landed in the spot that we're in because of the growth that we've had. We just need more square footage, more space. We are here to stay. My husband made me promise we're not moving again. If we grow again, then again, that that's when we would, you know, have another location essentially. But we pay rent to my husband. So that that benefits us in another way. And because the building's so big, we have other tenants who are actually paying him as well. So that's that's his retirement. Our plan is to retire early and be able to travel and spend more time with our children. And I think that we're well on our way to, to getting that. Um, I'm only in my mid-30s. I mean, I turned 37 this year um, and we've got plans to retire him in the next two years. And I don't think I'll ever retire, but um, would like to eventually hand off the majority of the business aspect to someone else and allow me to travel and have more flexibility and eventually. Well, in that building, you're up front and in, uh, in the front uh, window uh, in the corner clinic. And I, I noticed that uh, other medical um, establishments are moving in there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. More integrated medicine, actually. And when that's that was our whole idea to begin with. OK, great. All right. Uh, as you move forward and develop uh, and go into some other localities, maybe Lenore um, or wherever you go. I find often an entrepreneur has to choose, particularly in the medical community. Am I going to be a clinician, a creative clinician slash educator, Mm -hmm. um, or am I going to uh, be a business person? Mm -hmm. What turns you on the most? Patient-centered. I love being a clinician. That's my heart. That's my soul. I will always, Lord willing, be patient-focused. I don't particularly love the aspect of all the aspects of being a business owner. I think the one that I am struggling the most with right now is just personnel, human resources, which, you know, I I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm involved in a lot of like um, networking groups. It's pretty consistent in a small business right now is finding really good people to come along and support you. People that you can trust, people that you can delegate. That is a constant struggle for me. 
It's where a lot of my stress comes from. The patients, they don't stress me. I, I love what I do. I love um, learning more. I'm constantly reading, researching, um, getting into the literature, growing my knowledge base. Um, but I do find sometimes I get bogged down with the, the day-to-day part of the business. Um, again, eventually I could see my husband coming and supporting me in that aspect and taking over some of that um, day-to-day business stuff that I just don't enjoy doing. But as an entrepreneur, I've I've had to do, and I've grown a lot personally and professionally because I've had to figure it out on my own, obviously with the support of other people. But I, I, I highly recommend for any small business owner, any entrepreneur is to hire a business coach. I had a business coach before I even started the business. And that one person was actually in my industry, but she helped me avoid a lot of mistakes and a lot of probably big financial mistakes that a lot of other functional medicine practitioners make on their way to trying to start a business. And they get burnout. You know, the burnout rate in healthcare is extremely high. And then you're trying to find a, like you said, a provider, a clinician who's really good at clinical and then really good at the business. It's a challenge. And uh, I, I see myself, I always want to be involved in the business aspect more of a CEO position, right? More of an oversight. It's my ideas. It's my big thinking, long range planning, but the day-to-day stuff, I don't love. I would love to eventually delegate that and and be a little more hands-off in that aspect. Okay. Well, maybe you have your own built-in business manager and your husband. Uh, Thank you for recommending that everyone have a business coach. Uh, You're doing a little commercial there for me as well. Absolutely. I believe in it. I've had a business coach the entire time I've been in business and highly recommend it. I serve as the executive coach to a number of healthcare companies, three of them right now that are, um, I, one of them is very large, but I would consider that the other two are big, medium-sized, which means over a hundred million wow. uh, in, in this uh, business. And, um, and I serve usually as the executive coach to the C-suite team, as well as a number of uh, other uh, managers. And what I see most often are people who need to make a choice between clinical work and business management. And so I think you're, you're right on. You're, you're very astute in seeing that you need to make that choice. Right. What would you do differently than you have done? I think that I would probably, I would have probably delegated more early on. I had an issue trusting people and assuming that they couldn't do it as well as I could. Um, And I think that that allowed me not only to to stress myself out and burn myself out quicker than I probably should have, but that did cause a little bit of mistrust and unrest in very well potential um, candidates, essentially. I had a lot of turnover when I first started my business. And then I started getting the self-doubt, you know, am I very hard to work for? Does no one want to work for me? Am I too challenging? Do I ask too much of patients uh, or, or my, of my staff members? But I think ultimately it came down to is I just didn't trust them and delegate enough. I, I, I do struggle with micromanaging. You know, it is my business. It is my baby. And I want things done a certain way. Um, but I think that there is a very intelligent, systematic way to do that, you know, micromanage initially, but eventually you're going to have to learn to delegate and learn to trust people. And I wish I would have figured that out sooner. Interesting. I, I do a program that is kind of the opposite of uh, Patrick Lencioni's uh, uh, five uh, dysfunctions of a team. It's called the, uh, the five uh, behaviors of a cohesive team. 
And the fundamental of that, the, the base of that pyramid is trust, just as it's the base of any human relationships at all. So how long did it take you to figure out that you needed to trust people more? This year, actually, earlier this year, um, maybe a little bit through the pandemic, but then that's when I started holding in the reins more than anything, because uh, everyone was trying to flop, trying to figure out their roles and, and trying to go virtual in a medical practice that just did not fit our model very well. But definitely this year is when I learned that very hard lesson. Um, again, we we still have a lot of turnover. I've come to realize not all of it's just me being a bad boss or me being hard to work for, but sometimes it's just the workforce right now. And it's just a, a challenging place. But yeah, I, I, I learned that this year. Probably too late. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever it takes. The, the earlier, the better. But certainly in uh, the economy that we're in, with the shortage of uh, good people that we're in, um, makes a big difference to trust people because you're expecting them to do better. Right. Uh, and I think that's what uh, a lot of what people need. Um and having really good systems of like checks and balances where you don't have to be that person to oversee them and look at the everything, just having really good systems that you can trust as well. I've learned that one. And you're probably right. You probably could do all of their jobs better than me. You just can't say that. <laughs> well, uh, it, it brings up another challenge as you move forward uh, in any kind of a business and an entrepreneurial business, most especially pretty important to begin to hire people who are as smart as you are or smarter than you are. Uh, And, uh, and then trust becomes a little less of a factor. Absolutely. That's a really difficult thing for new entrepreneurs to learn. I can't pay a person that much. That's more than I make you myself. Okay. Uh, Graduate and pay somebody more than you're making yourself. Not you at this point, but um, uh, I had that experience myself when I was running a manufacturing company. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you have all the education you want, or are you thinking of more education? You know, I'm an education junkie. I love learning. I love being a student. I love that it's a different kind of challenge than than having that complex medical client. So I'm, I'm actually pursuing a doctorate from Duke right now. In a, doc- their- a doctorate from Duke? Yes, sir. Doctorate from Duke in their nursing department right now. I am three semesters in. I'll graduate um, if all goes as planned this December. So I'm really excited to see that. I get to, you know, pick my kind of my own research project and um, I'm doing it in the realm of functional integrative medicine and hormonal balancing for females. So that's my bread and butter. That's what I love to do. And now I get to bring something new to the table and, you know, contribute to the the art and science of nursing, which is something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to have the highest degree possible. Next step career goals, you're probably going to ask me that at some point, or to, to educate, be an educator um, and maybe get more into academia. I would love to do that. I've already gotten myself some speaking engagements, small scale speaking engagements this year. Um, and I just love being on stage. I love talking. I love um, sharing my knowledge with people. And I want to do more of that this year and in the next coming years. Good for you. Might as well take on two or three more things as you go along, Diana. I do struggle with that. I do struggle with saying no. <laughs> but most entrepreneurs do, I believe, at least early on, is, is saying no and, and finding that balance. But I do love it. I do. I love a little challenge. It's boundless curiosity and not always boundless energy, but it's, uh, the curiosity drives us forward. That's Absolutely, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it occur to you that you're creating an institution and a system 
here that is that uh, would be possible to clone and put in other places. And I don't mean just Lenore, where you can run up there in uh, 45 minutes and see exactly what's going on. But this is the you're really creating the basis of something that could be franchised or institutionalized and taken um, on a much broader scale, a super regional scale, or even a national scale. What do you think? Of that? The most intimidating thing in as being an entrepreneur than I can even think of. Like I've already had a couple people pursue me for that. And my business coach is asking me like, is that something you ever want to do? And I want to be able to run this business as smoothly as possible so it can be reproduced, it can be cloned, and we can pick it up and move it somewhere else. It's just extremely intimidating. You know, I know my clients, I know my community, I know the way these women think and these women do. And it, it does intimidate me picking this up and moving it somewhere else. Is it reproducible? Will it work in a different market, essentially? I would hope so, but I it's super intimidating. And I, um, I don't know if I'm that person to do it, to be honest with you. Um, I, um, I asked myself that a lot, you know, how much into this, um, business do I want to grow? How big do I want to see it grow? And how much do I have a role? Do I want a part of that? I don't see myself being a CEO of franchise. I, I don't, but I mean, <laughs> I also don't see myself, you know, making over a million dollars in revenue in, in, in four and a half years either. So um, who's, who's to say, never say never, right? I mean, it could happen, but it's a possibility. It's in the back of my mind. And if I feel like it's that somewhere the Lord calls me eventually and my husband is on board, then we can certainly consider that option. Okay. I was able to pull that curtain back just a little bit. You did. You did. It's very scary. That's a scary curtain. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, doing what you're doing now would have been scary in 2018. And I, I watch you as you're not scared with what you're doing. You're, you're not frightened at all. All right. Anything else that you'd like to, to say about yourself or your business or this experience or whatever? You know, I think that the biggest thing is pe- people ask me, <clears throat> knowing me growing up, you know, I've always been a high achiever, but I, I put so many limits on myself that I could do this, but I couldn't do this. And I think I just did that with that answer to your your question about the franchise. I have learned to quit putting limits on myself. I, I feel like if there's a need, I'm going to figure it out and I can grow bigger. Um, I can do more. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have this, you know, imposter syndrome where they feel like they they can't go to the next step or they feel like they're pretending until they get there. You know, I'll be honest with you, there were several days where I, you know, had to fake it till I made it, right? Um and if I didn't know the answer to something, I had to make a decision. I've had to make the the best decision that I could in front of me with the information I was given and move forward. And so I think that I do struggle with that, but I do think that you know we need to make sure that we have faith in ourselves. If you have faith in yourselves, if you put the time, energy, and effort into growing and achieving those goals, sky's the limit. It really is. And I think that most of the um, boundaries that we put in our businesses, we put there ourselves and we need to be boundless. We need to be able to shoot for the stars when we're talking entrepreneurship. Well, there you have it said uh, as only an entrepreneur can say it about their own personal experience and their feeling about work. Diana, thank you very much for being our guest at On Deck today. Uh, I've enjoyed it a great deal. Best of luck to you as you grow this business. And fortunately, I'll have a seat where I can watch you. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. It was really nice chatting with you as well. My pleasure. See you soon. Bye-bye. 
To find out more about Diana Williams, go to strategicwellnesscenter.com or call 828-838-1225. This has been On Deck with Les Deck. Thanks for listening. In each episode, we uncover wisdom you can use to grow your business. If you want to learn more about leadership team coaching, visit us on the web at lesdeck.com. If you have questions or anything else you want to say, email us at les at lesdeckconsulting.com. Don't forget to click that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. This is a Les Deck production.